Welcome to another episode of Mostly Sports. This is your host, Keon St. John. How are you? Hopefully excellent. Today we're going to talk about, I got two topics for you. Charger misery is the first one. More Charger misery, rather. And then we're going to preview the Notre Dame-Michigan game, Saturday night. So let's get to it, man. Chargers lost again this weekend. Or last weekend, rather. I'm sure you know by now. Sometimes it takes a minute for stuff to settle. Lost to the Titans. That's 2-5 and five on the season. The season is going downhill fast. It's going downhill fast. And sometimes when, when, you, when you're playing, like you just can't, can't shake that bad energy and once you start playing bad doubt is in the minds of the players and maybe not all the players but all it takes you know in football 11 players gotta be on the same page 11 players need to be on one accord and if one or two players are you know kind of unsure out there then you know it'll show up and then bad things just begin to happen. And, and then you begin waiting for bad things to happen. And it becomes a snowfall. And before you know it, now you're losing against teams that you're supposed to beat. You know? So, and that's what's going on with the Chargers right now. Like I said, 2-5. and five, You know, they didn't play a horrible, horrible game. But the bottom line is they didn't get the win. bottom line is they did not get the win um you know you know Derrick Henry for for uh for the Titans played well he ran hard you know the defense does look a little depleted but it was plays out there to be made only lost by three had a chance to win the game at the end of the game I mean that's what you want to you know at the at the end of the day you want to put yourself in a position to, to win at the end of the game and the Chargers were in the position on one yard line you're not going to be in a better position to win the game than on the one yard line with some seconds to go but when things go bad like I said they just, sometimes they just begin to go bad Melvin Gordon fumbled on the one yard line going into the end zone it's just a heartbreaker I mean just a a gut wrencher like I mean, you just feel it. You feel it. You feel it. It's like you got you got kicked in your stomach real hard, and, and you got you got it's gonna take you a minute to get your breath back, because that's the whole game. You know what it is. It's the whole game done. So you know, I feel bad for Melvin as a former running back. I know how that feels, not to fumble on the one yard line, but I fumbled before. And it's like, it's a, it's, a, it's a terrible feeling. So I couldn't even imagine on the one-yard line to win the game. You know, ah, it's like just so many different things coming together right there to, to make for a real, real tough night to sleep, you know. So, um, but, you know, this is what it is right now. I think the Chargers are, they, they're, they're heading down. You know, two places. Either they're going to fight and, and make a run and end up maybe 9-7 and seven possibly or something like that. Or they're going to go downhill and be right back in the lottery. 
and to be honest, I kind of, I kind of would, would, I mean, I want us to win, but I wouldn't mind. I mean, I'm prepared. Let's say that I'm prepared for it to go the other way. I'm prepared for us to be in the lottery and maybe then though, will we start to look for a quarterback? Cause I think that is a huge part of what's going on is we need to make the transition to the next quarterback. Not that Phillip Rivers is the problem. Not that he still is not a productive player. It's just simply that the game is, has changed. Not it's changing. The game has changed. You see the quarterbacks coming in the league and having success. Even the guys that stand in the pocket can move a little bit. Daniel Jones is an example. He's not athletic. He's not Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, right? But he can, he can move in that pocket. He can still get out of some trouble. Phillip can't get out of trouble. He can't be on a bad team. He has to be on a good team with a good offensive line. He cannot be on a on a team with a so-so O-line because he just can't get out. He can't he can't get out of trouble. He's he's in quicksand out there. And Russell Okun just came back from, you know, injury. But when things go bad, like I said, they sometimes they continue to go bad. Forrest Lamp broke his fibula. He's done for the season. Done. Not out a couple games. Nah, not a regular old sprained ankle or something. Nah, he's done. It's a wrap. Starting, uh, starting offensive lineman, right guard. Come on. Man. So, we're going to see. And, and, and <laughs> it's a you know, kind of a little funny moment. You know, a little, little funny. Had to smile, break a smile when I, when I saw this, when I read this. But Melvin Gordon said uh, his holdout was a fail. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a fail. Yeah, you missing all that time with the team. Yeah, yeah, that was a fail. You come back, you fumbling on the one yard line. Yeah, that not. Oh, oh, it's a fail now. Word. <laughs> so. I thought that was pretty funny. He said he'll never miss another day of training camp again. Well, well, that's good for you, Melvin. Thanks. Thanks, Melvin. And I love Melvin. I do. But, <sighs> my goodness. So, you know, I was, I laughed at that statement because, you know, he held out. He missed a lot of time. What, four weeks or so he missed, you know. And five was five weeks, five weeks, four, five, five game weeks. But like, you know, he'd been gone really for like three months. He had been gone since training camp, at least two months. He'd been gone at least, you know, and I understand it was business, but sometimes business gets in the, gets in the way of on the field performance sometimes. And this is one of those cases. Because really, what it what it really proved is that the Chargers didn't have much room for for error. The Chargers did not have any room to, um, you know, have a, have a starter missing. Because the those couple games they lost earlier, they lost close. Before it started sliding downhill, it was it was small, it was subtle. Lost close to um, Detroit in Detroit that close game and lost another close game start off one and two I forget I forget who it was but I remember the Detroit game 
right? So you know, starts off slow. So so the, if he if Melvin is there, maybe he makes some plays, and maybe he's the defining factor to help the Chargers win that game. And your, your mentality is different when you are when you coming in on a win. Losing really it carries over. In football, it's way more practice than it is playing. You practice, you know, all week, five days a week, and you play one 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 day a week. So you have to you have to live with that. You got to eat that. And trust me, your facility is down. There's only a few smiles around. It's very quiet. I mean, because right now, you know, Chargers they they some losers right now. And when you win, you walk in there, you're feeling good. Your chest is hell high. You can't wait to get home, right? You just can walk in the door in a good mood. Your kids watch you on TV. Your family watched you. Everybody's shaking your hand. You're getting congratulatory texts from everybody and calls. Hey, you play well out there. But now, hey, when you lost, hey, yeah, we saw that too. The fam saw that too. Yeah, your girl saw that too. Your kids saw that too. So, you're going to wear that. You're going to feel that. So, hopefully the Chargers, you know, for their sake, um, can get out of this funk that they're in. They're in a bad funk. And we're going to see what they're about. You know, this this brings me upon, like, how you, from my perspective, how you have to deal with team despair responsibly, right, and maturely. Being a sports fan, you gotta you walk. You know, I walk a, a fine line. You know, between sanity and insanity, <laughs> because you love your team and you ride or die with your squad, with every play, with every game, with every player, every draft pick. You 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 in, you all in. When you all in, I mean, you feel everything. But when your team starts going downhill and you know what and you know what's going on. Now, what I do is I, I find I find I, I begin to find more joy in rooting against my rivals. Right, y'all, y'all, you hate your rivals no matter what, but now I'm rooting even harder against you know the teams I hate, like the Raiders, like the Patriots. Goddamn Patriots, man! Goodness gracious, they balling once again. But you know you can't. You, so you can't. You you know you can't just go crazy. What I'm saying. The, the main point is you can't be out here fighting people. This is what I see sometimes, cussing people out on Twitter, talking crazy, just being just retarded. Nah, just accept it. It's all good. You can have a, a responsible conversation. And when your team loses, hey, just like the players, you got to show up to the press conference and, and, and answer questions. But you got to do it, you know, with class. So, you know. <laughs> and it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. You might need to take some counseling. You might need to take some personal development classes in order to deal with it. But, you know, when it's bad, it's bad. And you just hope to get up out. So, we'll see. Let's stop. Let's take a quick break for a commercial break. Clark Consulting, where she takes care of your business while you focus on being creative. For more info, Go to ClarkConsulting.biz. That's ClarkConsulting.biz. C-L-A-R-K-E Consulting.biz. We're going to jump into the Notre Dame-Michigan preview. 
big game this weekend on Saturday night. University of Notre Dame versus the uh, University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Road gonna be the crowd gonna be crazy. They got 110,000 people in the stands down there in Michigan. And Michigan is coming off of a loss to Penn State and. Really, they've been having a tough season. They're five and two, and that's great for some teams and and bad for others. But <coughs> they're still a good team. So it's gonna be a real, real, I say, tough atmosphere down there for Notre Dame in Michigan. Hundred ten thousand people. It's going to be cold. It's going to be loud. You're going to they, you know, they ain't going to have their work cut out for them. Now, they, they can get the job done. They should get the job done. But you know, that's going to be a, that's going to be a pretty challenging environment. You you know, you take nothing for granted during these games. You know, you, you look at the schedule, yeah, we should do this. Yeah, we should do that. But, you know, it's, it's hard to win on the road, especially at night in college football. Very, very hard. In the daytime, you can kind of sneak up on people. Hence, uh, South Carolina against Georgia. You can sneak up sometimes in the daytime because they come kind of quick. But that nighttime game, <clears throat> you're not sneaking up. That team has been, been preparing all week. And have been thinking about you all day long. So, you know, I'm really excited to see what's going to take place. To see how Ian Book is going to handle the pressure. To see if Notre Dame is going to be able to put pressure on Shea Patterson. I think if you get pressure on Shea Patterson, get him moving. Get him out there seeing ghosts, quote unquote. (laughs) Um. You know, Notre Dame can be successful. Now, University of Michigan does have some very, very good receivers. There's no question. Nico Count, Nico Collins, Tariq Black. They got the, the, the freshman bell. So, <clears throat> it is going to be a challenge. But, you know, you're going to see. And Don Brown is going to put pressure on Ian Book. Is he going to have time? Is he going to get rattled? Is he going to be making bad throws? Is he going to throw interceptions? How is he going to handle that pressure? Is he going to be able to get the ball to the open man? Is he he going to be able to see that running back leaking out? Is he going to be able to see Cole Komet, the tight end, coming on the under route? Is he going to be able to take advantage of the one-on-one opportunities that he's going to have out there on the perimeter with his wideouts? It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Can Jafar Armstrong stay healthy? This is Jafar Armstrong, the running back from Notre Dame. This is his first game back. He's been gone since the first game versus Louisville. Can he stay healthy? He missed like five, six games last year. Came back this year. Had a real good summer, a real good fall camp. 
But first game of the year, matter of fact, first game of the year, first drive, he gets hurt, abdominal injury, bam, he's been gone four games. So his last game, he just played one drive and was done. We need to see, you know, for Jafar's sake and for Notre Dame's sake, Jafar, can can he stay healthy? Hopefully so. You know, I like the kid. He's a former receiver. Now he's a running back. He's from this area. He's from this part of the country. I live in Kansas City, Missouri. He went to a high school out here called Bishop Mage, right there in Lee Summit, pretty much. Uh, Lee Summit, Missouri, maybe 15 minutes away or something like that. So he's, he's a local boy. He's from around here. Um, you know, I, I, always, I always keep my eye on local kids. I always got my eye on, on kids that come from my hometown, San Diego, San Diego, California, and I I keep my eye on kids coming from around here. Can't help but see who's who's going on in the papers and see who's balling out. <clears throat> what high school kid is gonna be that kid? So this is where I live, so I pay attention. If I lived in South Dakota. I'll be looking out for South Dakota kids. So I'm going to always have my feet on the ground and my ear to the curb. I'm always going to know what's going on on the ground level. So, you know, I, I'm going to stay attached to the game um, at, at its purest form, you know, which is, you know, with the kids first. And then, you know, we go up to college and the pro. So we're going to see, can Jafar stay healthy? Um, another interesting stat Notre Dame and Michigan have been playing since 1887 Notre Dame and Michigan has to, have been playing since 1887 that's a long long time that's a long time and sorry I, I hate I know everybody I know this, if it's a white person God bless them I know they're like why are they going to have to go about race right here but it's just a question as a black man I can't help but think like Damn, in 1887, when Notre Dame and Michigan was playing, it wasn't no black people on the team. <laughs> uh, it wasn't none. In 1888, 1889, 1890. <laughs> but, you know, thank God for transition. Thank God for, for change. And things are different now. And uh, obviously, so that's great. But, you know, I always think about that. But, you know, I respect the history of these two teams playing. You know, they played through it all, you know, when, when it was, you know, crazy time in this country. And, you know, they still playing now through the transition, through integration. And now, you know, black players are the, the, the <coughs> excuse me, the majority of the sport. You know, there's no question about it. I don't care what team you are. If you having a successful team, you got a bunch of black players that's a part of that team. Unless you're like in the Ivy League or something, then you know you don't have that many. But whatever. I, and I know because I have watched a couple Ivy League games. I have watched a couple Yale versus Harvard games. I have, and I've seen a couple. I even seen more than I thought I would see. But it's nothing like the mainstream. These mainstream colleges, you know, they get the best of the best. So. You know, since 1887 now. And, and uh, another interesting stat, the, the nine straight losses for the road team in this matchup, meaning whoever's been on the road, you know, have somehow always come up short the last nine times. 
And if that holds true, you know, you know, Notre Dame is in trouble. Notre Dame is going to lose if that holds true. Hopefully, you know, but this is why stats are made because stats are also made to be break, broken. So we're going to see. Hopefully, Notre Dame can can break that for their sake. And I know Michigan is looking to keep that up for their sake. You know, so, you know, when Michigan came to Notre Dame, they lost. You know, so we're going to see how it go. Looking forward to it, though. Saturday night, 630. You know what I'm going to be doing. No question about it. So next week, we're going to be having more Charger talk. See if they can get back on schedule, get a victory, get to feeling a little better. We're going to see. And we're going to break down the Notre Dame and Michigan recap. We're going to break down that game. I'm going to have a recap for you. Also, I have a little bit of NBA talk. NBA just started last night. Lakers just lost to the Clippers. So, you know, we're we going to get that cracking. I'll have a little NBA talk for y'all. I really, really appreciate y'all for tuning in. Please remember, win and lose the same way with class. I'm out.